whether you are starting a business or running a business, maybe you're producing a podcast like The Kara Golden Show. Let's face it, it's always way harder than one might expect. Lots of little details, meticulous planning, producing product, guest coordination, editing, promoting each episode. It's all a ton of work. Managing merchandise, managing cases and book sales too, layer after layer of complexity. And if you're like me, looking for ways to operate more efficiently and effectively is the name of the game. That's why I'm going to let you in on a little secret. ShipStation, the tool that is here to help you and you need to know all about it. With ShipStation, you can integrate with all the places you sell online, optimize your shipping, save costs and time. Personally, ShipStation has been a lifesaver for me. Its automation features allow me to manage orders from anywhere and print shipping labels with just a click. Seriously, it's that easy. And the cost savings? Unbelievable. With discounts up to 89% off carrier rates, you can't go wrong. Significant savings. And who doesn't want that? An easy-to-use dashboard, robust reporting. Oh, and did I mention that over 130,000 companies have leveraged ShipStation to grow their businesses? Not much churn either. 98% of them stay with ShipStation because it truly works. ShipStation is it. So if you're ready to streamline your shipping process and focus more on what you love, head over to ShipStation.com the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code CARA. Use code CARA for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA. But I left the meeting a really excited that that the Charon Group saw something big in Barstool because I thought that was pretty impressive. Barstool at that point in time was kind of a rogue blog. And then I also left really jealous because I'm like, they're going to do this big search and they're going to find a white guy with an MBA who's worked in sports to take the job. And about six months later, I met the Dave Portnoy, the founder of Barstool. I met him for coffee uh, with a mutual friend and we totally hit it off. So here we had this dilemma, this this fact, this fact. This I've fact. been almost a decade, decade researching decade. this subject. Every aspect of your metabolic health improves. From the Hint offices in San Francisco, I'm Kara Golden, founder and CEO of Hint. Welcome to Unstoppable, a podcast which shares successful founder and entrepreneur stories, like Jessica Heron, founder of Stella and Dot, tech maven Randy Zuckerberg and Lisa Sugar, the creator of the multi-million dollar media company, Pop Sugar. We dive deep into the entrepreneurial mindset, what it takes to create a scalable business, how to make an impact, the intricacies of funding, and much, much more. Plus, we ask the million dollar question, what does it really take to be unstoppable? Let's find out. Hi, everybody. It's Kara Golden from Unstoppable, and we're so excited to have Erica Nardini from Barstool Sports here. Welcome, Erica. 
Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so just a little bit of background on Erica. So she's the CEO of Barstool Sports. But before Barstool, she followed kind of a traditional career path in advertising. And actually, we share a former company called AOL. So I was way before you were there. So our, our time didn't cross over there. But that's sort of a little fun fact. So really, really, really fun. So anyway, so she was a vice president at, at Yahoo and CMO at AOL. Really, really exciting. So we're just really, really thrilled to have you here. So but I just want to talk just a little bit, just jump right in and just talk about how did you actually get to Barstool Sport? Yeah. So, you know, obviously, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. I was a fan of Barstool Sports for a really long time. I feel very lucky to be here. It's an awesome place. I am so excited. I think we're building a company that's really different and unique. I think we're on the cutting edge of a lot of things. And it's it's really fulfilling to to be a part of this. And, you know, I, I kind of got here in an unconventional way. Um, when in 2016, I had a company in the music space and had gone to raise money for it from the Chernin Group, and which was a big meeting for us. I was somewhat intimidated by the meeting. And, you know, halfway through it, the Chernin guys mentioned that they just put uh, an investment in this company that I'd probably never heard of called Barstool Sports. And Barstool, you know, by way of background, I'd always loved Barstool. It was the way... Most every guy that I knew, I lived in Boston uh, for a long time. I went to college in New England. It was the way every guy I knew talked. It was the blog that they read, the t-shirts that they wore. It was kind of an anthem in Boston and in Massachusetts. And I, I had really loved it. And when they said they invested in this company, I pulled out my phone and I was like, oh my God, this is an incredible brand. And I had actually based a lot of the company I was was working at on Barstool. I had used Barstool as inspiration for the app and product that we were building, the way we thought about content and brand and commerce and all these things. But I left the meeting a really excited that that the Charon Group saw something big in Barstool because I thought that was pretty impressive. Barstool at that point in time was kind of a rogue blog. Um, and then I also left really jealous because I'm like, they're going to do this big search and they're going to find a white guy with an MBA who's worked in sports to take the job. And about six months later, I met the Dave Portnoy, the founder of Barstool. I met him for coffee uh, with a mutual friend and we totally hit it off and saw the same things about Barstool, loved the same things about Barstool, saw the same vision for Barstool. And the rest was kind of history. Uh, and I've been here um, about three and a half years, almost four years. How old is Barstool? I remember when it was started, but I was just trying to... Yeah, 2004. So it's, you know, it's been around. It's one of the, it's one of the older brands right now on the internet, you know, for a brand to, to still be alive and thriving and growing that was created in 2004 is, is uncommon. You don't see a lot of that. That's awesome. That's super, super great. How So how many people now in the company? Uh, we have about 215 people. We had 12 people when I started. Um, most everyone lived in Boston. There were some guys in Chicago, a couple folks in Philly. 
Um, I was the only woman at the time. And now we have about 215 people. We have a big headquarters in New York. We've got offices in LA and Chicago, uh, Boston, obviously, um, Texas, a whole bunch of places. That's awesome. So how often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works, and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn, quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long, Term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell, or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. 
I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of The Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for The Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. I read you played collegiate lacrosse. Yep. And and is that like, I mean, did you feel like that's ultimately what you wanted to get back to doing, like being sports in general? Is that, did you always I feel like you had that craving? It. Yeah, I loved the locker room, to be honest with you. Like I played college field hockey and lacrosse. I loved being part of a team. I loved mixing it up in the locker room and playing pranks on underclassmen. And I just loved the camaraderie of it. Um, I'm learning how to play hockey now, which is fun. So I I like being part of a team. I like team sports. Um, But I, you know, I I was very excited. You know, I, I have a lot of passion for, for sports in general. I'd spend a lot of time on the internet. And I think one of the misnomers about Barstool is that it's, you know, it's not just about sports. Sports are our bread and butter. We cover sports, though, the way fans cover them. And I think that that's kind of interesting, whereby, you know, we're covering things the way a Patriots fan or a Bears fan or a Jags fan thinks about the game, the team, the refs, the coaches, the owners, the general manager. So we, we kind of cover things the way average guys and girls, you know, see them because we don't profess, you know, our creative team and our content team doesn't profess to be any better or different than everybody else on the internet. And I think that's partly what's made us so compelling. And I, I really love that. So what do you think is the biggest uh, surprise in, in taking on a CEO role versus, you know, working in senior management roles within, you know, larger companies. What what do you think was like the most shocking piece of, of what you learned? Um, there was a lot that was shocking. So, um, one, I felt like I'd had good training. I felt like I I'd, I'd worked in a lot of different sized companies, big companies, little companies, companies that were succeeding, companies that were were not succeeding. Um, I think I was surprised it's lonely. It's like a lonely job. I think that was a little bit surprising. Um, The buck, you know, kind of stops with you and you can be by yourself in that. Um, I think that it was, you know, 
what I really loved about it and was, I just was surprised how much we could create and how much we could do simultaneously. Like I didn't have anyone holding me back or thinking that I should work within a different structure or specific structure or to slow down or to do, you know, wait. So I, I really loved that. The freedom of it, I think has been awesome. Um, and I think the responsibility of it, I feel really res- personally responsible um, at Barstool and there's a weight in that. So, so I would say those are like three things that stand out. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. I just, uh, this was my first CEO role at, at Hint as well. So I, and I'm a founder as well. So it's, it's an interesting, I always share with entrepreneurs, you know, sort of that challenge. Cause I think it, it looks super glamorous and don't get me wrong. There's lots of great stuff about it, but I think the concept of, you know, the buck stops with you and, you're sort of off doing lots of things that people don't necessarily see, including, you know, raising money and looking at spreadsheets and, you know, like all, all along the way and, and, uh, and, you know, making sure that every, every area of the company is continuing to grow and function. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. Um, I like that. I felt like when I came to Barstool, there was no looking back. Um, and I really loved that, but I agree with you. Like it's, it's, it can be a grind. Like everybody in your company has a problem at any given minute about multiple things and having the stamina to, to, to work through that, I think is important. I also, you know, I also think there's a lot of, I I like to be really involved. I think there's CEOs who want to be distanced from their company or they only talk to their management team or stuff like that. I don't really like that. I want to be really close to the people doing the most interesting things here. Um, So it's been an awesome experience. It's it's without a a doubt, as you know, a hard one. Yeah, no, definitely. I also think just based on something that you said too, I, I tend to make sure that I'm constantly in touch with just all members of of my team, not just the executive team, because I feel like I'm learning all along the way as, as well. So I think a lot of people think that, you know, as a CEO, you hire people who are going to go and do stuff right in the company. But I feel like the best people within our company are the ones that I'm hiring, you know, to not only do stuff, but also teach me on how, you know, to ultimately grow different areas and, and show me new things every single day. Definitely. I completely agree. Yeah. I think it's, it's such a key thing. And, and also, I think it also helps, you know, when you, I mean, one thing that I've really pushed on internally, I'd, I'd be curious to hear what you say when we're hiring people, I always say to my executive team, that, you know, I, or I should say, I asked them the question, are you hiring people that actually know more than you? And at first, you know, they're sort of shocked by, you know, if they've never heard me say that before. But I also think from the standpoint of making sure that you, you know, stay engaged as a leader, you want people that you're constantly going to be learning from. And, and those are some of the best people are the people that are you know, really working in each of these individual areas that add new 
you know, information as well as new ways of doing things to the overall team. Totally. I completely agree with that. I think, um, you know, I really care that, that we're building, you know, there's kind of two ways to build a company. You can build a triangle or you can build a rectangle, right? I had, I had this conversation with someone here today where, you know, the triangle is very clean because there's only, there's a very small space at the top but it's hard to scale. But when you build out different people with different skill sets who have knowledge that you don't or attributes that you don't possess, I think that's where you're really able to move and, and create momentum and progress and impact. And I think, you know, I think about that a lot, which is, you know, I'm like you, I, I want to be with the people who are, you know, we're, we're very into TikTok right now. Like, and I, I find it so interesting. Like, how are people making TikToks? What are they thinking about? Like, what's the editing style? How are they conceiving of the concept? Like, there's all sorts of things that, that I, that I want to learn. I, and I, I think being around people who are doing things that are completely foreign to you is great. And then surrounding yourself with people who can, move things forward for you is also super important. Like we had, you know, we had a, a live show last night and uh, for the, for the holiday season and we sold merch and it was funny and there was a lot of humor in it. And there was all of the different barstool personalities were in the live show two years ago or one year ago, like I would have been like white knuckle on that live show. Is the stream up? Does the tech work? Are the people in the right places? Are the cameras on? Is the merch selling? And this year, I, last night, I was like, God, I actually don't have that much to do right now because we've built it. We've built this thing around us. And so I think that's, you know, being able to let things flourish and grow, I also think is really important. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what do you actually, I want to jump into TikTok. So, so that's probably one of the hotter, you know, applications that are out there right now. I, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day who, you know, fully admit they're not sort of the TikTok audience, but they were just really, really freaked out at, at sort of how, how much TikTok is ultimately learning about the way that we respond and react to things. I'd, I'd be really super curious at, at kind of how you sort of see it. And should we be worried as a society? I mean, what what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I think that we, from a society perspective, like that's a huge topic, but I think that, you know, People are obsessed with your phone, with their phones. People are obsessed with sharing things about themselves. There has been a, a complete like democratization of creation tools. So anybody can create anything at this point. And I love that. Mm -hmm. I think that's so exciting. I think it's scary what's happening with data right mm -hmm. now, where how your personal data is used or how your information is manipulated or just the manipulation of what you're shown. I think that the social networks and platforms are not really there to help consumers. They're not there to help publishers. They're not, you know, they're there to make money for those entities. And those entities have gotten very, very, very big. If you look at 
the revenues of Facebook or Google or, you know, Twitter or Amazon, um, you know, those are bigger than most of the developed countries in the world. So, so it's significant how big these platforms are. TikTok has its own complications and nuances because of, of the China connection. Um, I think it's significant. I think that you're going to see a lot of, not change, but I, I think privacy will become more important and regulation will become more important and policies clearly become more important. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that, you know, I'm even hearing more and more about it in schools that people are using it. And, you know, I would say that many people in school don't really understand what it is. And, and so they're allowing people to create and, you know, do all the great aspects of it, but they don't really understand what ultimately, you know, people on the other end are, are learning about yeah. societies. Yeah. And I, it could be, you know, it's an interesting conversation. And I guess it really, you know, kind of goes into what you're talking about around data, but also privacy. And, and it's, uh, can be a little bit scary at yeah, Gary. And, and you know, it's cool. like TikTok is a very amazing creation medium, right? Like similar to Vine. Like yeah. It's coll- it's collaborative. It's communal. Like they're the, tr- the way trends work on TikTok is very interesting. Um, and yeah, look, I think people are opting out of social media. I think there's a lot to be aware of in terms of who's using your data and your information for what, whether it's the Chinese or it's Facebook or whomever that may be. Like, I think that's the world we live in now, which is everything is trackable. Everything is, um, is driven by a computer or many things are driven by, or everything digital is trackable. Everything digital is somehow, you know, processed in a, in a system of very big data, which will be infinitely smarter than you. And that's like kind of the reality that we live in. So it's like, what are we going to do about it? What does that mean? What does that mean for future generations? Like it's scary and fascinating at the same time. Yeah, I agree. I I don't have a solve for it, but I think hearing this person's perspective on it, it was like, it really made me think and, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to get a lot of different perspectives on on TikTok as a as a whole because I think it's it's pretty interesting. But but going back to to you and and sort of you know how you ultimately got here. Did you think that you were ultimately going to be a CEO of a company? What did you what did you want to do when you grew up? I don't know. I um I'm so happy I am. I've been very grateful for this opportunity. Um, I love it. I want to keep doing it. And, you know, I, I I think a CEO is just being an operator. It's really being able to look at a bunch of things at once and be able to make the best possible or the most informed decision possible. And, you know, a little bit of gut and a little bit of intuitiveness and a little bit of people management and a lot of hard work. Like I, I, I love, I love my job. I love what we're doing here. I, I, I don't, I didn't, you know, I think I get asked about advice and people are like, well, do, was this the, I didn't have a map. I didn't have this as a point on the map that I was going to get to. I sometimes wake up like shocked that I'm here. Right. Um, and I don't think you can have a, 
point on the map. I, I, at least I don't believe that. That wasn't the right thing for me. I, I didn't have a quote unquote career plan. Like I didn't, I didn't know that I, you know, was going to do A, B, or C, or get sick of, you know, E, F, and G. Like I, I didn't, I wasn't that calculated ever in it. Um, I was super opportunistic. I, I felt like I wanted to be around people who pushed me. I felt that I wanted to be in jobs that were fulfilling. I always wanted to like outwork, like I love to work. So I always knew that like I wanted to be in a place where I could really work and have my, and have impact. Um, so I, I don't think my career path was really linear. I wouldn't have said that I would have expected that I would be here. Um, I'm very glad I am here. I don't know where I'll go next. You know, I, I, I'm trying to be present in it, I guess, like, or I'm just consumed by this right now. So I don't know if that's a good answer, Cara. But no, I, I, I like it. I think it's, it, look, I always talk about it as it's all part of the journey. So people ask me that question all the time. Like, what are you, what are you doing next year? What are you doing? You know, and I, I said, it's, it's, uh, you know, to some point you can plan, but I also feel that, you know, you also have to be willing to sort of accept the journey and be, you know, okay with the present, as you said, and, and just, you know, see what, see what comes to some extent, but, but you guys are doing great. I mean, I, I read somewhere that, and you can tell me if this is right, that you guys were on track to, uh, hit a hundred million possibly in 2020. Yeah. And we're, yeah, we're doing well. We, you know, we have a thriving business. We're a media company in some regards that's really thriving when most others are not. Uh, we're growing. We've built a really great podcast network and a podcast platform. We have, you know, the third uh, largest flavored vodka in the world that we launched with one of our hockey podcasts. We did that this fall. Oh, I have not seen that actually. What's the name of it? It's called Pink Whitney. Okay. Uh, And it's a, so how'd you decide to do that? That's wild. We, uh, so we have a two gentlemen who host a hockey podcast called spit and chicklets, which is the number one hockey podcast. They're former NHLers. And we have a very long-standing and strong partnership with Gallo, which mm-hmm. owns uh, New Amsterdam Vodka. And in one of the first ad reads for New Amsterdam, Ryan Whitney described how he how he drank his vodka, which was a pink lemonade vodka mix. And our fans just started to tweet us and DM us and post post themselves drinking pink lemonade and vodka. And so we thought, hey, this would be a really great thing for us to create. People seem to want it. They seem to like it. It's authentic to our talent and who we are. Um, So about six months later, we launched it. Um, We are, you know, have done a million bottles. We've sold a million bottles of it since uh, the first week in September. So we're on a kind of a tear, um, but it's been awesome. all online at this point or is no, it in stores? Um, no, in stores. Oh, Always that's in stores. great. Yep. That's super, super. And, and unique. I mean, what other company like yours is, is creating their own, you know, alcohol no, or that way? Like it's, um, it's yeah, we're we're very different 
in that we're we're hard to pin down, we're hard to define as one single thing, um, and that's part partly what I think makes us so special, and I think that's partly what makes us so interesting. Well, coming from your experience too as being a marketer, I mean, I think it makes total sense. I always tell people that the I think that the biggest challenge for companies is when you just have one revenue stream that. Completely. It's yep. it's really super challenging, and I think it, the more that you can have, you know, diversification in your revenue streams, the better, and especially in advertising. Completely, I could not agree with that more. Yeah, that's great. So, and in terms of building audiences, so obviously you started out as mostly male. It seems like you're shifting into female audiences quite a bit. Yep. So female audiences are important. You know, I think funny is funny. And, you know, Dave Portnoy, who really runs our content, you know, has always felt that way. We, we want really talented people who have something to say and who have, you know, an authentic brand in their own right. We found some incredible people here, female and male. Um, we've launched a platform and brand called Chicks. Uh, we have phenomenal talent coming up. Ellie Schnitt is is someone who comes to mind. Casey Smith. We have Fran and Ria who host Chicks in the Office. Uh, we have a podcast called uh, Call Her Daddy with two phenomenally talented women. So we're starting to just find, you know, we're finding funny, interesting, compelling, outspoken people who want to make audio content or video content or social content. And we're we're really leaning into that and and becoming a you know, a good, a good creative place for them to do it. That's great. Where do you find talent? Where, especially for these podcasts, where do you think is the key area? Uh, internet. We find people on the internet always. That's just that's great. On the internet. Yeah. That's really funny. So just a couple more questions. So what makes you unstoppable? I, I have a few ideas, but I'd love to hear from you. Oh God, I don't know that I'm unstoppable. I try to be unstoppable. Um, I have a lot of energy. I really love people. Um, I'm very curious. I have a lot of hunger of hunger and drive. I just I like to do things and be in the mix. Um, and I have um, I have a, a a very strong sense of commitment and loyalty and responsibility. That's terrific. I, I read that uh, you have a couple of kids. Are they, you know, seeing that you're the CEO of a company? I mean, I think I always say to people that I have I have four kids and and I feel like I'm actually setting an example, especially being a female CEO to my two boys and two girls that, you know, women can go do it. I love the fact that you're actually, you know, running a sports company, right, that is supposed to be, you know, I guess guys are supposed to be running sports companies, right? And I think what you're doing is is just super, super amazing and unique and and truly unstoppable. Ah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. I think you know we're one of the few media companies. It's you know it's not just me. We have a, a lot of really phenomenal people here, but we're really one of the only companies in sports definitely but in media at large that have you know a female we have me we have a female CRO we have a female CFO our head of production is, is female like we have 
our whole C-suite is predominantly female. Um, and not because they're women, but because they're awesome and unstoppable in their own right. So I, I think it all just pays forward. Definitely. Like, do you find the majority of women that you're hiring actually were athletes? I was curious. Uh, that's a great question. Um, I would say it's 50-50. Interesting. Not, yeah. all, not all athletes. Yeah. I find, um, especially in the entrepreneur zone, that it that there seems to be a lot of people that are, you know, especially founders, not necessarily CEOs, but are founders that had played some sort of uh, at least high school and, and many college sports and some even professional afterward after, you know, that, but I think it's, it's just such an interesting uh, statistic that more and more I'm seeing that, you know, it's just about team building and about hiring yeah. people that you want, you know, t to do, you know, maybe things that, that you find difficult or, you know, that they're more successful at it. You want to add those people into the team. I think that that's such a key thing that I see that many have just learned naturally to some extent, just growing up in sports, whether you're female or, or male, but more and more I'm seeing it in all different industries as, as you know, the founders and entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think athletics is a great training ground for pressure and teamwork and, you know, there's an end game. You, you want to win. You want to score goals. You want to get points. So um, I, I think that's, to that's totally true. I also think the world's kind of changing. And as you find more companies, you know, born out of the internet and you, there'll be artists and, you know, the engineers and you'll, you're going to start to see more people like that too. But I agree with you. I think, you know, I see it for myself personally, like being playing sports for my entire life was a good table setting for what I'm doing now professionally. Yeah, absolutely. So Barstool Sports, what's the best place to find you as well as Barstool Sports? Yes, yeah, so you can find me. I'm Erica Nardini on Twitter and on uh, Instagram. I think I'm EKA Nardini. Uh, Barstool Sports, you can find at barstoolsports.com. You can find us under Barstool Sports or any one of our brands uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, most most anywhere. We have a bunch of podcasts on Apple and Spotify. Um, so we're pretty much anywhere you can find content brands on the internet. That's terrific. And Erica's a Hint fan too, so all the more reason that we all need to support her. Blackberry, so. I, that's my jam. Yeah, that's so great. I love it. Great. Well, thanks again, Erica. We're excited to have you and, and chat more with you and, and definitely have a great rest of the week. Okay, great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, bye. If you like what you heard, please help spread the word and leave us a review. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Please talk to me at Kara Golden on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, be unstoppable. unstoppable. unstoppable.